You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to these devotionals as we try to get you in God's Word. And today what I want to do is just focus on how God is in control. God is in control. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 3, it says this, The former things, and this is God speaking, the former things I declare to you, they went out from my mouth. And I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Uh, one of the things that God does constantly over in Isaiah, but out throughout the Old Testament, is give prophecy updates about uh, what he will do before it happens. Uh, many times we worship idols. Uh, it's part of the Ten Commandments. We're going to be studying this Sunday at Redemption Church, starting about how we're not to have any other gods before the true and living God. But yet we have idols that are wood statues, but idols of our hearts, things that we go to for help, for comfort, for joy. And God tells us and warns us not to do that. And he says, I'm going to prove to you that I'm the real God. I'm going to say some stuff before it happens so you know that I am God and that I'm in control and that you should be worshiping me. Now, I was reminded of this as I was at Proclaim Church this last Sunday. If you, many of you guys know, we had a missions conference uh, this weekend. Man, it was so fruitful, so good, so happy by what God is doing in our church and how uh, he's sending missions all throughout the world. Not only locally, we're doing work to share the gospel, but around the world. So we had Trip Campbell come. Uh, Esteban was here. Valenzuela from Madrid, Spain. Uh, Jason Sanchez. And these guys are still here. Um, we're still ministering and doing things and stuff like that. But um, I had taken Esteban to Proclaim Church to just share about the ministry. And uh, Pastor Will, man, he was just pre preaching fire. We're his sending church. He did a church planning residency at our church. And um, he was preaching on Matthew chapter two. So most of these notes, most of these thoughts, these devotionals, right? They're whatever I'm being fed. And I just try to pour into you. Uh, this verse came to my mind, Isaiah 48 chapter uh, 48 verse 3 that God can declare the former things as Will was preaching through Matthew chapter 2 because Matthew in Matthew chapter 2 it's that great Christmas story the the wise men coming to worship God uh, the baby Jesus and Jesus uh, going and being saved and going out to Egypt and um, Will's main idea from that passage was that was that only God can orchestrate the details of Jesus's early life only God could do it fulfilling every prophecy about his origins. And that's one of the things that I love about Christmas. I love about the Messiah coming. Jesus wanted us, uh, God wanted us to know that Jesus was the Messiah. So he prophesied and he told us how he would come. But here's the thing that I sort of want to take away for us and lean into us. It would have been a confusing thing. It would have been a confusing thing of, if you would have looked at these verses of God declaring the things before they're happening. And then they, you think, wait, are those going to happen? And Matthew, the author, he has this slant to the Jewish people telling them this is to fulfill the prophecy as is it is it as is it it is written by the prophets, he says. In fact, this as is it, it is written in Matthew, Pastor Will mentioned it's mentioned 68 times in the book of Matthew. Matthew keeps on going back to prophets and say, hey, the way that Jesus did this and did this and did this, but but it's not manipulation. Because even the way Jesus came and was born and was raised, he had no control. He was a baby. And that's why I love the Christmas story, because it's like you can't manipulate where you're going to be born, who your parents are going to be, all this different stuff. 
But yet we see through Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, it was prophesied, foretold before he came, how he would come and what he would do. And in this chapter two, there are really uh, our, our, our major uh, four prophecies, major prophecies about how the Messiah would come, how God would speak that forth. Uh, and you would be confused because um, there would be several different verses that almost contradict like the Messiah would come from out of Egypt, but yet come from Bethlehem. Uh, and all these things you're like, wait, hold on, what? Um, and it may not make sense until you see the whole picture. And you know, when it comes to God's sovereignty, we're not going to be able to make sense of it all until we see the whole picture. The Bible says we seem like a dim mirror. It's it's like we could see the reflection, but it's not clear. When we see God face to face in heaven, some of those questions, some of the things that we have and answered, um, they're going to be making more sense to us. Um, and what I mean by God's sovereignty is that I mean that he's in control, that what his will, he'll accomplish his will, he'll get it done. And so that's why I titled this devotional, uh, God is in control. He's sovereign. He's able to declare things and then prove it and do it and work and orchestrate things out, especially the details of Jesus' early life, so that we would know he's the Messiah and that we would know that God is God. Well, we can't do that. We can't prophesy, declare the future, and then even make it happen. Sometimes his ways seem contradictory, but yet he knows what he's doing. Uh, in my own life, God has guided me to do some crazy, contradictory stuff. Like I was serving God in Olympia pastoring, and then he said, plant a church and go to Delray Beach with my family, but everything was going great serving him in Olympia, Washington. It's like, why would I leave there to come here? Because he directed and I had to trust his plan. And when I did, man, I'm so blessed. It's, it's a crazy, amazing life. I mean, come on, Redemption Church. I love you guys. Um, man, uh, what the opportunity that we've had and how we've got seen God work in those last 10 years, I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, and I'm so, I love being the senior pastor at Redemption Church, love the work that God has called me to do in, in community and different things like that. And just so blessed, but it's been a hard road. It didn't make sense at sometimes, but yet looking at it now, I see, oh man, God had his hand on me. He prepared me for this, for that. Uh, if I wouldn't even step out in faith, I wouldn't be even doing this live devotional right now here with you. And so, um, you know, there's been times where I've been praying for God to provide for money. And then he also, you know, like you want to provide for my needs, but then He'll tell me to give my whole paycheck away to someone. That doesn't make any sense, God. I, I need the money for my family, for myself. And yet, God is God and he tells us and he directs us. Or sometimes, you know, he's given me the power to forgive people that have slandered me, that have, um, you know, hurt me in a bad way. But yet, his word tells me to forgive. And that doesn't make sense in the flesh. But yet, through God's Spirit, He tells you to do things. He wants His will to be done. And when we submit to His will and understand that, we're blessed. And so sometimes God may seem like He's telling you to do something that's contradictory to your flesh, to what the world would say, to common knowledge or wisdom. But yet we have to obey His Word and we have to trust that He's in control. He knows what He's doing. And so in Matthew chapter 2, Christ was born in Bethlehem. He came out of Egypt and then he landed in Nazareth. That's a huge chapter, huge summary. You should read it, Matthew chapter 2. But uh, let me read you a few verses from that. In verse 5, uh, the text tells us that um, in Bethlehem of Judah, for so it is written by the prophet, that 
phrase that comes up over and over again. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So there would be this ruler, someone that would come from there. Um, Micah 5.2, that's the verse. Um, and Jeremiah 31.15 is also prophesied in verse uh, 17 and 18. It says, Then was fulfilled uh, what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Uh, there would be this prophecy. There would be great reaping coming from this area in Bethlehem after the Messiah was born. Why? Because we know the story. King Herod wanted to kill a new king that, that threatened his kingship. So in Bethlehem, he killed children, two babies, uh, two years and younger. And the story tells and it's terrible. And I want you to understand that God, when we say he's sovereign and he's um, in control, he doesn't orchestrate awful things. There's other people's wills. There's a satanic will, right? There's a demonic will. There's our own flesh. There's other people that, that actually go against God's will. But when I say God's sovereign, he's able to work things out for good. He's able to still accomplish. People can't thwart his plan. We as humans are the ones that rebel and do awful things. And yet God in his sovereignty is still able to work it out. And so God prophesied Jesus would come out of Bethlehem, but then there'd be this great <coughs> massacre out of Bethlehem, mourning and weeping. So God prophesies that the Messiah would come out of Egypt as well. And you'd be like, hold on, is it Bethlehem? Is it Egypt? Well, for Matthew chapter two, it's both. Chapter two, verse 15 it says uh, that Jesus and their family, oh, and he arose and took the child, this is Joseph, and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. That was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Out of Egypt, I shall call my son. So the Messiah was supposed to come from Bethlehem, but also Egypt. That doesn't make any sense. But because of the situation, God knew that he would send through the wise men, the gifts that they gave, the frankincense, the myrrh, finances to be able to go and be safe in Egypt. And so that prophecy is from the prophets, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Matthew, again, is correlating to the people. Hey, Moses was a great prophet, but Jesus is a better one. I want you to worship him. Look at all these verses that tell us he's the Messiah, as is it written. It's written this way. It's by the prophet Jeremiah. It's by this prophet. So we have Micah, we have Hosea, we have um, Isaiah, even in this passage, um, and Jeremiah. And so there was this one last contradictory thing. Okay. So he's going to come out of Bethlehem. He's going to come out of Egypt, but wait, he's going to be a part of the nation of Israel. And really he's going to come out of Nazareth. Now there's no necessarily specific prophecy that, about a Nazareth, but I think Isaiah chapter 11, verse one, um, pastor will was sharing about this. It, it I think this actually tells us the idea that he would be lowly and wouldn't come from Jerusalem, but come from, you know, even uh, Judah isn't the, the greatest tribe. Um, there's all these prophecies about that. And in Isaiah chapter 11, you probably are familiar with this prophecy or this verse. It says, and there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from the, his roots shall bear fruit. And then it goes on, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon me, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, 
And it goes on and says that. And that's actually something that Jesus in Luke, uh, in the Luke's gospel goes and opens the scroll of Isaiah and says, hey, today is the day you're seeing this prophecy fulfilled. And he identifies that he came forth from the stump of Jesse. Now, stump is not a branch. It's not a fruit. It's not something glorious. It's actually something that's sort of been cut off, marginalized, not looked highly upon, right? But Jesus really identifies that he came from the stump of Jesse, meaning he was rejected by men. He didn't come as a glorified king. He came as a humble servant. When Jesus was confronting Paul, the apostle Paul in Acts and in, in the road of Demaeus, um, Paul said, who are you? When he was blinded, he couldn't see and he saw Jesus. He said, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus identified himself of Nazareth. And you would know he came out from Egypt. He was born in Bethlehem, came out from Egypt and then landed. Matthew chapter two says in Nazareth, as is is written. Uh, it's written that Jesus would come out of a stump of Jesse. He would be rejected. He would be lowly. And Jesus identifies himself from Nazareth. Now, you know, when he called his disciples, uh, one disciple told another, hey, what, what, what good can something come out of Nazareth? But yet Jesus identifies himself as a marginalized person, not a famous person, as a marginalized person, because he wanted us to know what God says. It actually happens. God's in control. There was prophecy, how I would be born, where I would be raised, where I would land up in. Um, and there was many more prophecies in the birth story, but this is just Matthew chapter two. And uh, man, we'll just preach the fire. You should go to Proclaim Church and uh, their YouTube page or Facebook Live. Did a great message on them. So proud of him and Kristen and the work that they're doing over in Lantana. And so let me sum this up. What does this mean to us? What does this mean today for us? Um, that God is in control, that Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. Um, and I think there's a couple of things, but we can, we should not throw out what God has said to us just because it doesn't make sense to us, right? Um, it doesn't sometimes have to make sense to us. Our job is to obey. When God tells us to love that person, to forgive that person, to give a generous offering, wow. This last week in a missions conference, we raised so much money for missions just by saying, hey, support. Uh, man, it, what a blessing. When God puts something on our heart, sometimes it's not going to make sense to our flesh or what the world thinks. Um, but we need to obey God. And God says there's a blessing in that. We can trust that God's plan is bigger than what we could even ask or imagine. And if we don't quite see it yet, we can still trust God. We can understand and know that. And so why does this matter? Because if we obey God, uh, we're going to see miracles. We're going to be blessed. Uh, Will said, if we obey God simply and immediately, we will be able to see his sovereign purposes unfold all around us. It's like when we take that step of faith and obey God and trust that he's in control. Say, God, I may not understand it, but you know, you tell me to give generously or you tell me to love people, even my enemies. So I'm going to reach out and do this. And when we're led by the Holy Spirit, man, God is going to move around us and we're going to be on the same page and we need to be sensitive to listening to his will. So that means we need to be in God's word. We need to take time for these live devotionals. Like we still have missionaries right downstairs. Uh, we have a busy day today full of ministry. But I was like, listen, we need to get into God's word. I need God's word. I'm still reading and studying through Ezekiel has nothing to do about the, the message coming up. It has nothing to do about, um, you know, my preparation, but it has to do by my heart. I need my heart to connect with God and to say, God, you're in control. 
Would you guide me today? What do you want to speak? Well, you know the future. I want to look to you, God. So what does what your word tell me? And so be in God's word, be encouraged that, that he has a plan, that he won't be thwarted. And when we obey, we're going to see miracles. We're going to be blessed by God. We could believe God and his word and we'll be blessed by that. God is in control. We can trust him. I started that Isaiah 48 verse three. He declares those things and then he gets it done. Let's go to God's word and read what he declares and let's be blessed as we obey him. So God bless you guys. Thanks so much for letting me just pour out my heart a little bit today uh, with just some thoughts. So appreciative that even though in the midst of this missions week, all these people around, it's been so fruitful, so much good conversation. Um, but really, our lives should be anchored on the word of God. I'm just so grateful for Pastor Will and the message he shared on Proclaim Church, giving Esteban the opportunity to share the ministry and what he did, but then bringing the, that fire, that word of the Lord. And I pray it blesses you today. And so we'll continue to do these live devotionals. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you, uh, if you're listening to this audio, uh, man, on Apple Tunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, could you leave a review? Could you let people know about uh, this, how we get the word out of trying to let people know about God's word and, and just have these times uh, once or twice a week. Um, we get these devotionals out to you. And so I will see you on the next video and uh, God bless you guys and hope you have a great week.